Thank you for tuning in to The Way Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, we seek to showcase the way that God wants us to live by looking at what is written in His Word. The Bible says God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. This is That Way. Here is your host, Houston Welch. Welcome back to The Way Podcast. I'm your host, Houston Welch. And today we're going to be discussing commandments. Before we have a few guests on on the show and discussing a few of the commandments of the Old Testament that are also that are in conjunction with commandments of the New Testament, such as love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Uh, those two commandments we're going to be discussing um, with uh, a couple guests, but in the next uh, few episodes. But I want us to look at commandments itself, and and looking at this this idea of the commandments in the Old Testament, commandments in the New Testament. And one thing to to note from the offset, a lot of times it's mentioned, and I don't say this to throw people off of of keeping the perfect law of liberty, but it's often mentioned that in the Old Testament, there's some 600, I haven't recently looked up the exact number, nor have I ever counted the exact number of how many Old Testament uh, commandments there are, but I do know that there's over 600. But I did look up that there of the commandments in the New Testament. Now, again, I have not looked at every single commandment of the New Testament. And I, I don't think, quite frankly, that I'm ever going to count them all up. But it, it, somebody has done that. And they have noted that there are over 2,000 commandments in the New Testament. Now, I don't know if that's just direct commands themselves if it is i certainly could see that there were over 2000 and i would also i doubt that they would include all of the examples that we have to keep as well which there were many examples of the old testament which are not listed in that some 600 so but the the point that i'm making is that a lot of people think that the old testament was uh, there were so many commandments in the Old Testament that it was so grievous uh, that, that that nobody could keep it. Well, absolutely correct, but there are even more commandments listed in the New Testament. And yet, Jesus said, and, and as well as the other New Testament writers, that all of the law is fulfilled in love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor and you love yourself. You do these two things, you keep these two laws, and everything else, you're going to be able to keep all of the other laws, all of the other commandments. And by the way, uh, some people might think, well, uh, the Church of Christ gets hung up on on worship and and, uh, ways in order to be saved. Well, those are involving both of those two commandments. Worship, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. If I'm going to love God with every fiber of my being, with everything that I have, I'm going to worship Him in the way that He desires. And 
in, in matters of salvation, if I'm going to love a neighbor as I love myself, I'm going to make sure that he is going to be saved in the which in the way that God has prescribed, the way that God says somebody is able to be saved. That is being put in a position to be cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Now, getting back to our topic on commandments, uh, I want us to look at first at some of the various words used in the Old Testament uh, that are synonymous with law or commandments, etc. And the best place to go for that is Psalm 119. If you're unfamiliar with Psalm 119, Psalm 119 is uh, the longest of the Psalms. And there are uh, 176 verses uh, in in this psalm. It goes through the Hebrew alphabet, and it's a beautiful piece of Hebrew poetry, uh, at least I believe if anybody actually knew the, uh, anybody that knows the Hebrew language, not like myself, I don't know the Hebrew language, I imagine that it would be extremely uh, beautiful, a, an extremely beautiful piece to them. but. In the first few verses, and, and you'll get, this is the, the theme of Psalm 119 throughout. We're going to read the first few verses, beginning of verse 1, of course. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep your statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all your commandments. I will praise you with the uprightness of heart when I shall have learned your righteous judgments. I will keep your statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. Wherewithal shall a, shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereunto according to your word? So, in these first nine verses, uh, we have eight different words used in, in, uh, as, as a parallel to commandments or to law or to to testimonies or to ways or to statutes or to precepts or to judgments or simply, as verse 9 states, to your or to God's word. Now, the reason why we can state or we can know that these are synonymous, well, one way is simply looking at it. You can get this theme that, that the psalmist here is just completely enamored with the word of God with uh, the law, with God's law, with his precepts. But it's also Hebrew parallelism. It is one of the ways in which the Hebrews chose to write poetry or the way that they did write poetry. And they make these, these parallel or these synonymous statements. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies. He's constantly, his theme is the word of God or the law of God, and he's constantly using these different words to describe it. And as we go throughout the 176 uh, verses of Psalm 119, 
he uses these eight words all um, back to back, which, of course, they are all describing the commandments of God or the law of God or simply God's word. So I want us to look at these eight eight uh, words here uh, rather quickly. The first one he lists is the law, the law of the Lord. Now, very very simply, the law is is a is a structure. It's also something which you can be judged by. If a law is laid down or if a law is given, then it also implies that somebody can be judged by said law. Then the next one that he lists is testimonies blessed are they that keep his testimonies and what is this how is this a synonym of law because whenever you think of a testimony and the the psalmist means it exactly in the way that you uh, would typically think of a testimony somebody who is witnessing to something or is giving a witness to something it is a verbal witness. A testimony is a verbal witness. Just as somebody would get up in, in, in the witness stand and give a testimony as to what they had seen uh, according to, to such and such a crime, God is giving these, these verbal testimonies, these verbal witnesses, these verbal attestments. What this is is that God is... Think of it as a commandment, a testimony, this verbal witness as a commandment because he knows that this is the way which one should live. Not only did he lay down the law, but he's also a witness that it works, that this is the way in which somebody should live. Now, of course, God knew that from the beginning of time, but the psalmist is using this word to describe it in that way. And then he mentions also, verse 3, they walk in his ways. So ways is used synonymously with the law of the Lord, with his testimonies. Like the podcast is named the way, it is a way in which somebody should live. It is a, it's a, it's a road or a course. It's a path for somebody to walk down. Whenever you keep the commandments of God, you're walking down that prescribed path. Also, in verse 4, keep your precepts diligently. So, also another one, precepts. This one has its root in an overseer. It's also, it comes from the noun, or for, excuse me, from the verb in the Hebrew language, to oversee, implying that these, uh, these commandments or these statements which God has given is to oversee our life or to oversee our walk, is to oversee our conduct. We're to live by them and living by them, we are in the oversight of God. Statutes, and this is one that is that is very similar to two precepts. In fact, uh, the word precepts in the Hebrew is in certain places translated as statutes. But these are two different words in the in the in the Hebrew here, in between verses four and five, 
it's an appointed task and you think of a working relation a working relationship if you are working if you're an em- uh, employee and you're working under somebody think of them giving you a a statute something that you have to do on a job and you go and you do it in the exact manner that your foreman or your boss or your supervisor whoever it might be you do it in the way that they have told you to do it there's a working relationship implied in this word then uh, in verse 6 when i have respect unto all your commandments so here's our word commandments the word commandments has its etymology in commander and of course commander has its etymology in commandeer and if you think of of a policeman who is commandeering a vehicle he is taking control of that vehicle so a commandment is something to essentially to take control of one's life now as human beings god has given us the ability to put ourselves under his control or we can choose rebellion and go outside of his control. But the wise recognizes that under his control, that living by his commandments, that living uh, living according to his testimonies, that is the way or the proper way in which somebody can live. That is the way to prosper, like God mentions in Deuteronomy. Whenever you live in the way that God has prescribed, he is the creator after all. He does know uh exactly how we are to live because he created us to live that way then we can truly prosper as human beings and then also uh, two more words judgments and word judgments it's a verdict or ruling and think about this as well in conjunction with him being the creator he created us to live a certain way these judgments he has, of course, the right to judge us by his word. And then his word. Simply spoken. That's all that, the, that's all that it implies is that what God says or what God has said, we are to live by it. We are to live by the every word of God, by the living, uh, breathing word of God. So what is the purpose of the commandments? We mentioned um, last week or in the previous episode of season two what the purpose of the law was. And we were talking about the law as a whole, both the um, Torah, also the wisdom literature, also the prophets. What the purpose of it was, of course, to point to Christ. But why do we have commandments? Why do we have law? Well, again, we keep coming back to this. And the the simplest answer, and of course the direct answer, is that it's the way which God has prescribed for us to live. It's the way that God has created us to live. But the beautiful part is, is that not only did he create us to live a certain way, he gave us free minds, he gave us the ability to, to think freely, but he's also told us that he has created us to live a certain way. He didn't just make man, throw him upon the earth, and then just let him fend for himself. 
Rather, he made man, and because he loved man, he told him or he gave him the the guidelines, the rule book. You want to live life well, here's how you do it. Law creates boundaries. It creates a structure for somebody. Like John ex- uh, explains in 1 John chapter 3, that sin is the transgression of the law. Transgression meaning that you're going outside of the law, implying that the law itself is, is, is set in boundaries, that the law is the boundaries of man. When somebody goes outside of those boundaries or when somebody transgresses those boundaries, that becomes sin. Now, the law of Moses, looking since we're since our theme is to look at the Old Testament and and the New Testament as well, and viewing uh, New Testament Christianity from an Old Testament lens, we also should look at the at the commandments of the Old Testament, and this is going to be touching a little bit of what we discussed last week, of course, but. Again, last week we were looking at the entirety of of the Old Testament, and now we're just wanting to look at the laws, at the commandments of the Old Testament. The law of Moses is not binding for any individual, not for those professing Jews, not for any Christians, not for any religion. The law of Moses is not binding today. Christ did away with it. The New Testament writers, not only did Jesus explain that he did away with it, but the New Testament writers explain this as well. Paul, again, writes much about it. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul was explaining to the Ephesians, they being Gentiles, that they can now be one with the Jews, that there's neither Jew nor Gentile, but that all are one in Christ Jesus. And explaining this... He had to get into uh, the the separation that the old law created between them. And beginning in verse 14, For Christ is our peace, who's made both one, and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, the law of commandments, contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of two one new man, so making peace, so making reconciliation, there's no longer any enmity between these two because they can be one. That they might, uh, that he might reconcile both unto God and one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. So, in order for God to reconcile Jew and Gentile, He had to do away with the laws that separated Jew and Gentile. To do away with the laws that separated Jew and Gentile, the law of Moses had to be done away with. So the the law of Moses is not binding today. But what we will notice is that the perfect law of liberty is binding today. By perfect law of liberty, Uh, referencing James chapter 1 when James mentions the perfect law of liberty, 
But not only there, we also see where we read about the law of Christ, and that's what James is speaking about. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, when Paul was speaking about why he preached the gospel, in verse 18, picking up, he says, When I preach the gospel, I make the gospel of Christ without charge. I abuse not my power in the gospel. Though I be free from all men, yet I have made myself a servant unto all, that I might gain the more. That's the reason why Paul preached the gospel. Verse 20, And unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. None to them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. Now verse 21 he says, To them that are without law, as without law, then he, he, he makes a parenthetical statement, being not without law to God, there's nobody that is ever without law to God, but under the law to Christ, he was talking about, of course, the law of Moses, that they were outside of the law of Moses, it's like, like, he, like Paul writes to the, to the Romans, they did not have, to those who did not have the oracles of God, who did not have the physical possession of the law of Moses, that's what he means by those who were without law. They, of course, were still under uh, law to God, under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without law. So, now, Paul was writing, he, he made that statement to proclaim that everything that he did, he did so to gain men. He did so to save souls. But we, we alluded to it because everybody is under the law to Christ today. Just because Paul said that they were under uh, the law, he's not talking as though that they were under the law to Moses as in it was binding to them. He was saying they were under the law because they still observed the law. And we read about Paul doing that exact same thing in that he made himself, he, he took um, Titus, Titus, or excuse me, Timothy, uh, one of his, one of his, um, fellow companions who was both Jew, uh, part Jew, and of course a Gentile, and they weren't circumcised, and he thought that it was expedient to to take this individual, circumcise him before the Jews, so he made himself as under the law so that he might gain those that were under the law. But it did not mean that the law of Moses was binding. He simply did what was expedient at the time, but he did say that they were under the law to Christ. Now, one uh, thing that would like to mention, and just just to mention, whenever we're we're looking at that, and that they were under the law, there were commandments that they had to keep. Looking back to the Old Testament. And this is just something, it, it, quite frankly, it doesn't amount to anything. It's not of great importance. It's only a, a topic of discussion. Was the Jews and the Gentiles all under the law of Moses? Now, we know that the law of Moses did separate the Jew and Gentile, but a few verses to, to chew on before we close out. Exodus 12, verse 49 and Numbers 15, verse 16, and Numbers 15, verse 29. Those are just a few verses to, to, to ponder over. 
and and think about that question whether or not both Jew and Gentile were to keep the law of Moses that they were with uh, that they were under a law to God and the same law at the same time uh, throughout all time uh, just just to think about it if you have stayed tuned in with us thus far we do appreciate you again you you need to go check out some of the sistering podcasts uh, check out um, uh, the far better podcast check out the diligent podcast check out the everyday christian podcast or if you are listening to this on a thursday as it airs go check out uh, the weathering the storm podcast with drew Suttles. Um, all of these guys that that are mentioned and and those that are not mentioned uh, they have they have fantastic podcasts that I believe that you could be edified by. Um, if go go on Facebook, check us out on Facebook. Um, give us a like and share. Share it with a friend. Share it with somebody who you think that might need uh, might need it. You think that it might um, help them in 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 their walk in the way. Uh, or if if you uh, if if you just need some help if you're you're seeking uh, uh some answers uh, to some questions that you're having um we might can help uh, try to reach out to us uh you can check out our email or you could also perhaps contact us through uh, facebook as well uh, we do appreciate you uh, we do love you uh, and have a good day Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms, and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.